It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate you in advance. And if you can't get to the podcast, go ahead and drop a five-star review in the comments on our YouTube channel on this video right now. Do it right now. Let you know that you're you're watching and we, we want to know that you're there. We really appreciate that in advance. And also, big news, big news, big announcement. We are on Amazon Fire and Roku. So if you can't get to your phone, which I hardly see that being the case, but if you want to watch us on TV, you want to watch us on the big screen, go ahead and download us on Roku or your Amazon Fire TV. We're right there for you. No excuses not to be checking out ATL Day 1s. That's part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Now, T, oh, is it time to go into panic mode for the Atlanta Braves? And we got news yesterday right after we finished recording our show that Cordell Patterson is going on IR. So he's, we're going to talk about where the, what the next four weeks will look like in the run game. And last but not least, Iman Shumper made up for that little gaffe he had out in Texas because uh, that dude – Got a lot of brownie points just recently. We'll talk about that in For the Culture. But first, we have to talk about the Braves getting shut out last night, 4-0. And, T, when you talk about striking out with the starting pitcher for 12, 12 times, yeah, more than likely you're not probably going to get any runs. So he goes six innings, and Bryce Elder, you know, gives up a couple runs in the, in the, in the early on, and then he gives up another two uh, as well. And you just, when you think about it, you're saying, okay, that's not too bad, you know, uh, a bad start. You would think that your team would be able to produce those type of runs. But when you think about the Braves' kryptonite, right, and just looking at this game, it was just like, yeah, they, they had that slider working, and those guys were just swinging and missing just a lot. And it just, it was just like a, a snowball effect as, as the game went along. Yeah, it was one of those situations where on Friday we talked about being excited that there was no businessman special to play on Sunday because that's right. the Braves kryptonite. They yes, have Lord. losing record, Amen. a losing record the entire season. Every time they play a series that they're about to get a sweep in and it's like, so they get this night game and all of a sudden it's like a sweep and we're like, woohoo. Except the downside is now you have to hop on a plane, you got to fly to South Florida, and off of the and being on that emotional high of not right. just beating the Mets but sweeping them in strong fashion. I just feel like a part of it also was not just about sort of the mechanics or the stats or the technical aspect of it, which taking nothing away from Jesus Lazardo, right. but I think a lot of it also was just fatigue, both mental and emotional and physical fatigue from all that they had to do to rest back and get atop the NL East. So I think that was a big piece of it as well. And I guess, oddly enough, that's probably why I'm not so panicked about it. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, you, and when you think about it, like that's, like, that's, the, 
that's the whole part about this team, right? You know, you you can't be quick. I mean, first of all, it's 162 games. You can't be quick to panic, right? You know, because yes. we've been riding this wave. <laughs> I was literally texting back and forth with uh, Grant McCauley, our uh, Locked On Braves postcast, Braves expert slash guru slash amazing guy uh, all around and anything Braves related, you got to go check my guy out at Grant McCauley on Twitter. Um, just going back and forth, we were talking about just, just riding the waves of the season and just yes. how things have just – since May 31st, you know, June 1st, T, 45 games over 500 since yeah. the fir 1st of June. Like, that is absolutely amazing. So that gives me calm. That gives me peace about them, you know, having a clunker last night. I, I'm mm -hmm. not concerned at all because this team has stunk it up at times throughout yeah. this, this season, but they've made up for it. Mm -hmm. And the guy who's been – all the pitchforks were out and all that stuff. And, and, and Kenley Jansen, he closed out all three games in yeah. the biggest series in the entire season of that 162. Right. And you make it actually a great point because lost in the shutout loss is the fact <laughs> that your bullpen didn't do anything wrong. Your bullpen yes. kept them clean. clean. It was a clean, clean. the rest mm -hmm. of the way for yep. your bullpen against the Marlins. So once again, when you take you, you know, you kind of break down the parts of the loss last night. There are there's still something good there. Right. You know, and yes. you didn't really have any defensive gaffes. So let's talk about how good that was as well. And then the third thing is thank you for maybe, I guess, Mother Nature allowing the Mets to met today. Hey, man. Got a doubleheader in DC. Yes. And I'm not expecting them to win both games because remember, all it takes is a Mets loss or a Braves win, and we're in that thing. So yeah. we're just going to take it how, and of course you always want to go in you know, with authority on a high note with a win, but Hey, we'll take a Mets loss as well to go ahead and close this thing out because the magic number is still one. And we just need to be one and done with this thing because now you really want Brian Snicker to not have to strategize for the next two games of the regular season right. to determine where the Braves are going to land in the postseason. You really want him to start making that shift and kind of determining, Hey, what does this roster look like? for that first playoff series, that first postseason series. You know what, because I think that when we, one thing that I think we've learned this season is that when the pressure is on, the Mets are on the Met. So the Braves may have a division clinch before they even first pitch tonight, so it won't even matter who uh, Brian Snicker pencils in yeah. as a starter tonight. And the Braves now are 160. Whew, 100 wins. You haven't seen that since 2003. This is so yes. great. Uh, you bring up all the good memories from back in the 90s mm -hmm. and the early 2000s uh, for, for this, this team and my hometown team. Now, another hometown team that uh, we always talked about how they haven't been able to get that love to that, that, they, that they deserve. I think we finally found a list that we uh, finally will yes. agree with. And, and approve. You think of, <laughs> right. I approve. I approve this message. You know, now part of it, you know, kind of got me a little skeptical because yeah. there, this was a poll on NBA.com that was mm -hmm. that, you know, polled with 22 uh, GMs. Yes. Uh, 22 GMs that um, were, you know, asking with different questions, you know, like mm -hmm. best pa small forward, best power forward, best point guard. And they yeah. also asked to give the, they voted on the rankings in the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. And they voted on the top six teams. And the Hawks weren't there. Like, yeah. I have issues with that. <laughs> because when you think about this starting five, right, your starting five yeah. is in what the top 
you know, top ranked, and you have your bench player ranked mm -hmm. in, in the top rankings of of a, of a, a list. You yeah. know, these, that's been going out. So it's just hard for me to believe that the Hawks won't at least be in the right. conversation for, to be a top four team. So that's the one part I disagree with. But the part I do agree with yeah. T, best point guard they had Trey Young at four. Mm -hmm. um, Behind Steph Curry's and Luka Doncic and all those people, you know, you know that's the usuals. And I and I love the fact that John Morant wasn't in front of him on this particular list. See, see, yeah. I'm right. See, the GMs yeah. agree with your boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where this might be the first list, and yeah, we're going to be petty and say it's the best list. Uh, yes, of course, <laughs> for that very reason. Well, yeah, no doubt. Like finally, somebody is giving him his rightful place in the sun. Because hey, when you look at it. You kind of look at the numbers. You can't really say that you could make a case for him going ahead of, say, Steph Curry, right? Right, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably not Luka Doncic, just from an all-around perspective. Not saying that Luka is necessarily better than Trey, but just saying the numbers, all-around numbers, dictate such. And, okay, Chris Paul, okay, fine. You know, different yeah. brand of point guard, but I, I give you that. But it would be very difficult to make a case for anybody else going ahead of him like we've seen in most cases, which we've seen um, both uh, John Morant and uh, I think in a couple of cases we've seen. Uh, Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard was there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dame uh, out there as well. I think we've now looked at about three lists, maybe three or four. And this would be the first one that we saw Trey ahead of both of those guys. So yeah. we're going to go ahead and call this one the most accurate. Yeah. yeah legit. Yes. I, I, I like the fact that, you know, GMs look at things objectively. And they say, you know what? This Trey Young dude is pretty good. Yeah, right. I will say the same. Because and I like the fact that Andy Griffin was the steal in the draft, the third highest steal in the draft. I really, really like that. I like that a lot. Now, we know right now he's dealing with some issues, some uh, injury issues, so he's not going to necessarily play in Abu Dhabi. The guys get that started in a couple of days. But ultimately speaking, I like that because that's the kind of potential you want to see, sort of that untapped potential that right. we're still kind of looking for in Jalen Johnson. He got there. You know, he definitely made some strides at the end of last season. But yes. to see that there's so much excitement and energy around A.J. Griffin before he even touches the floor as a rookie, now that too, to me was very encouraging. Yes, indeed. If you, we're talking about a guy that probably would have been number one number two overall pick if he doesn't get injured you know mm -hmm. obviously at university of duke now coming up next t cordero patterson is going to ir we'll talk about what does that look like for the next four weeks or maybe even more we'll discuss that next but before we get there we have to talk about betonline.net if you want to see what the over under is for how many wins the hawks are going to get this year if you agree with those general managers that's talking craziness that they're not going to be in the top six in the eastern conference go ahead and put your money up go ahead and do that go ahead and, go ahead and put your money up and, and, and if you're not you're not sure you don't understand quite how it works Go to betonline.net because they have all the information there for you because they are the best online information for sports wagering. If anything, even if you aren't into basketball, they got esports, they have gaming. Also, they have, you know, uh, of course, NBA, and then they have MLB playoffs are getting ready to get started. So they have all of those things right there just for you. So what I want you to do is please go to your mobile device and go to betonline.net and go get the information you need so you can go out here and make some money go get some special some change because bet online is where the game starts <laughs> 
Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra, that is Jarvis, and you guys are our fearless supporters who stick around on YouTube each and every day to check out what we're doing here, not just on ATL Day Ones, but on the Locked On Sports Network for Atlanta. And that's why we got over 4,000 subscribers, and we'll get to 5,000 if you guys keep telling people about this show and about this network. And you know what? You don't have to tell them to just check us out on YouTube. You can tell them to check us out wherever they download their podcast. And also, of course, you should tell them that they can check us out on Amazon Fire and Roku. How cool will that be to check us out on the big screen, especially when we are talking about good things in sports around the A, but Let's face it, sometimes we have to talk about not so good things. And we kind of knew this was coming, kind of saw that Cordero Patterson was held out of practice last week for rest. And then he was kind of in that questionable space all weekend. He does play. He gets nine carries, I believe, for 37 yards to really start the run game for the Falcons in the win on Sunday against the Browns. But then you see really the rest of the running back court kind of take over from there. And then, of course, we find out on Monday that he's being placed on AR, IR. Excuse me. He had a, a knee injury, a procedure that hopefully will keep him out for just maybe three to four weeks and ultimately get him healthy for the back end of the season. But when you look at what CP was able to do, staying in that top three in uh, amongst running backs as far as uh, carries and yards, and ultimately getting the Falcons, yes, we said the Falcons to be a number four rushing team in the league is mind-blowing. So I'm wondering, Jarvis, if there are any concerns that we might have that the Falcons have the guns to do this, can keep this pace, keep this momentum with a Caleb Huntley, who, of course, they elevated from the practice squad and have now added to the 53-man roster, along with Tyler Algier and Avery Williams. Are those guns enough to keep that rushing attack amongst the top five or top ten in the league? Absolutely. And I'll give you one reason why I'm so sure about that. Because if the offensive line stays healthy, they'll be fine. Because that's that's been the key, right? That's I know a lot of people are excited about a practice squad player, undrafted free agent, getting out there mm-hmm. and doing this thing. And, and, the, and the Falcons um, rookie um, draft this year in Tyler year. You know, him coming out there and doing his thing, like, but it starts up front when I tell you. Because just going back and kind of looking at and looking at the film, you start to see why these guys holes are being hope the holes are being opening up. Why Cordell Patterson is being able to break off a 30-yard run before he ends up going down for for the rest of the game, mostly. And you know, you you see that Kyle Pitts is out here making seal blocks. So Patterson can cut back on that play that he scored on. So it's just a lot of little things. And Cardell Hodge blocking downfield. That's why that's how these how these run these gains turn from 10 to 15 yards to 25 to 30 to even 40 plus yards. Because wide receivers are blocking downfield. Everybody is is bought in into this system. And I think you have to credit not only the offensive line, but you have to credit Arthur Smith. For believing in it, in these guys, and bringing these guys back. Now I know there's two new starters on the on, on the offensive line, and, and Dalman and Elijah Wilkinson, who has been an excellent addition, by the way. Really, and you have to, and yes. you know, Tanitra talked to him, chopped it up with him one on one, you know, and that was her choice. You know, she understands what's going on with the Falcons' offensive line. So I think that those are some of the, the couple of things that's the reason why I know that they can be they can continue to do this thing. 
Yes. And you talk about the new guys and which is great. That's exciting for the Falcons to have get, or getting something out of those new players. But also when you look at something, I saw a stat fly by on Twitter this morning and I just like my eyes just opened up. 97.1 grade for Chris Lynch on Sunday. Come on now. Sunday. Come on, now. The dude was darn near Come on, somebody. every snap <laughs> of the game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So when Jarvis is talking about the fact that this run game goes as goes the O-line, Jake yes. Matthews, of course, is your veteran, mm-hmm. but Chris Lindstrom is your heart and soul on that yes. O-line. I mean, what he's able to do, and I'm so glad you mentioned it, Jarvis, because oftentimes we do look at the stats and we get excited about the fact that the running backs are able to break for these long runs, or we get excited about the fact that they've got these 5.1 or 5.5 yards per carry. How do you think they even get to the second level to be able to get that kind of burst? You absolutely have to have guys like Chris Lindstrom quietly in the trenches. You'll never see a stat. You'll never see a stat except something like a 97.1 grade from Pro Football Focus that tells you just how bad a guy this Chris Lindstrom is. And that also is encouraging because if you think you have that running back core and an O-line that can support him, and to your point, to your point, some tight ends and some receivers, because we've seen Drake London spring a guy or two, some receivers and some tight ends that actually believe in the importance of blocking, then I agree with you. I think they're running game is going to be quite fine until Cordero Patterson returns. Now, my question is, when he does return, you know, do you think that he'll be ultimately back to form? What does this kind of look like for his entire season? Because when you think about it, not only do you think about it from the perspective of, okay, wow, we're going to have uh, Cordero, we're going to lose Cordero Patterson for, we're hoping no more than three, uh, excuse me, four weeks, right? But ultimately, my other thought there is this, we're talking about a back that's 31 years old. So that's the thing that concerns me as well, because I remember saying in the first game, hey, I'm pretty sure that pitch count was supposed to be less than 20. Right. And then we started seeing in game two and three that the pitch count was much lower. And then he carried the rock under 10 for obvious reasons on Sunday. But, yeah, it just made me think between having to deal with a knee injury coupled with your age, what do you think this means for Cordero Patterson when he does return for the back half of the season? I think that we got a, a peek into what it would potentially could look back, look like on Sunday, right? You know, you saw Avery Williams, you saw Tyler Algeria, you saw Caleb Huntley get those touches. Mm-hmm. And I think that as those guys continue to perform and, you know, uh, and execute when given opportunities, that's yeah. kind of – that can afford you to not – have to rush him back, you know, once those four weeks have passed and you're like, okay, yeah, he's ready, mm-hmm. but we can we can give him, we can yeah. ease him back into it. And I think yeah. that that's the thing that Arthur Smith has always been about. He's always been about the player because, mm-hmm. you know, Cordell Patterson barely played during the, if not, he didn't, didn't play yeah. at all in preseason, you know. So, yeah. and when you think about that, and even from a practice standpoint, even in mm-hmm. OTAs, Yes, he was sprinkled in every now and then. Mm -hmm. So Arthur Smith, this has been all part of Arthur Smith's plan to make sure he preserves that 31 year old body. And I think that Mm -hmm. it's going to be no different once he comes back from um, IR. And and like I said, I'm not I wouldn't be too concerned hardly at all. You know, once Mm -hmm. he gets ready to come back. 
Agreed. And if there's any possibility that they get Damian Williams back, that could yeah. also help that running back room as well. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that to see if he comes back to kind of shore up that room. Now, we've talked about the good. We started yesterday and we kept it positive. We kept it on the sunny side of things. And we've even started today keeping it on the sunny side of things. But hey, there's a little bit of a dark side on Sunday. And that was called the passing game. No, 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 Jarvis. It was called Marcus Mariota. Okay. <laughs> Seven for 19, 439 yards, no touchdown, but an interception. Now the Falcons still gutted out a win yeah. with them in a surprising tie for first place in the NFC South, right? So you have to kind of at least think like, what could it be for the rest of the season? And Michael, it, it really made me think about this especially because you know I'm a Steelers fan and you know where we are. We said yeah. bye boy to Mitch Trubisky on Sunday and hello, Kenny Pickett. But our situation <laughs> might be a little bit different than the Falcons. I remember at the beginning of the season, we were like, okay, it's like that Spider-Man meme, right? Mm -hmm. Falcons, Steelers, y'all are about what and what with the guy under center. I don't right. think so anymore. I think the Falcon situation is different. So is it realistic to keep Mariota in place and maybe put yourself in position to have a run at the playoffs or are you getting closer to that time where maybe it's time to turn over the reins to Desmond Ritter to find out what he can do or do those things have to be mutually exclusive? To be honest with you, when you, when you look at how this team is constructed, right? Like I, I think that if there was a case where they weren't able to run the football, like they've been able to do, yeah. I think you may, and you have to throw the football in order to win games. Yes. I think that we'll, we'll probably see Desmond Ritter. But now that this running game has been established, now that this offensive line is starting to make some noise, it's probably mm -hmm. one of the better offensive line in, in the NFL. Like, yeah. what, what, what did I just say that? Like, you know, I'm speaking Spanish right now, you know. So <laughs> I think that, you know, when you have all of these fact, these terminal factors around Mariota, and I think that nothing is going to change for real. Like, when you think about it, like, why would Arthur Smith change it now? Because he does have some things that he brings to the table when it comes to play action, right? Mm -hmm. He's solid at play action. That's what they're going to do. They're probably yes. one of the most play action inning teams in right. the NFL. Like, you can check the stats on that. And, and you know, mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, that's those are some of the things that I don't think change. However, Mariota is still doing some of the same things that I pointed out earlier in the season. I know we're still early in the season, but in those first couple of games, like mm -hmm. he got himself into trouble because yeah. he was locking down on wide receivers. And he yeah. did that again yep. uh, against in Cleveland. Yeah. And when he almost threw, he threw in the double coverage with Drake London, almost mm -hmm. got his head taken off. Yeah. Um, Drake London would should have been very upset for throwing that football right there because mm -hmm. that safety was sitting right there waiting on him to throw it because guess what? London, I mean, um, Mariota drew him over there because he was mm -hmm. locked in on him. And he had Kyle Pitts down there in the flats. He could have... Um, dump the ball off and let him see if he can make a play. Because yeah. so, but yeah, I, I think that you know until Mariota kind of gets himself out of that and mm -hmm. say, you know, if if it's not play action, I need to be able to go through my progressions and find yes. and find the receiver. Like mm -hmm. if it's not there, what coach told me was that was supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to find somebody else, or guess what? Take off running and go get the first down or do what you need to do. So. Or throw the ball away. That has to be an option as well. So I think that until all of the surrounding factors start to change, we're not going to see a change at quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. I think that 
as long as everything is copacetic with that run game and that O-line yep. stands yep. up. That's the key to life right there. Is, yeah, exactly. All they're going to say is Marcus Mariota can at least give us about three quarters. Because I tweeted that the first half was actually impressive despite the numbers, right? Despite the incompletions. Right. Yep. Because my, what was impressive to me was I saw some patience on the rollout saying, okay, my first read, not there. My second read, not there. I'm going to my third. So I was like, okay, I'm seeing some patience, going through the mm -hmm. progressions. Okay, all yep. right. But then he kind of fell back to center. And that's something yeah. that Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone are going to have to work with him on. Like, you cannot fall back into your bad habits in crunch time. That's the worst right. time for you to be out there with a near fumble again. That's the worst time for you to be barely escaping when you're out of the pocket, when everybody else would just either take off or they would just throw it out of bounds. So those are the, the decision-making that I, really you've seen his entire career that's gotten him. Shh, that's the kind of thing that we need to not see in the fourth quarter or really the second half of any game. Now, something that you do want to see is a built bar because yes. a built bar is something that is going to give you energy. Or let's say you're watching a game on Sunday, a Falcons game against the Bucks, and you start to get a little stressed out. Maybe you should eat a built bar to soothe your pain because it's a healthy way to really snack at any given time. So Right now, we're talking cookie dough chunk puffs. That's the big deal. And Jarvis can tell you about that because he definitely mm -hmm. digs those puffs. And he says they're light, they're chewy, and they're real cookie dough. So that means 100% real chocolate. And listen, 160 calories. How many snacks do you know that you can actually get away with where you only burn 160 calories, but you also get 15 grams of protein? Well, this is it. So you can enjoy these guilt-free. They're perfect treats after a workout and even if you're going through traffic and you are getting hungry and you do not want to make that stop at a fast food joint so go to built.com to order your box of chunk puffs right now that's built.com you can use that promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off that first order it is promo code locked 15 at built.com now when we come back we're going to talk about something as well that you know what if it was me getting what my girl tiana taylor got I'd be locked on and locked into. We'll talk about it on the other side and for the culture. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. We want to just say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really appreciate you. We also appreciate you for getting us over 4,300 subscribers on YouTube. My goodness. And we, you guys have been downloading your podcast wherever you download your podcast. We really appreciate you for that. And keep giving us those five-star reviews. If you are watching or listening to this podcast, why haven't you subscribed yet? If you haven't done it, go ahead and do it. Stop playing around. And if you haven't given us a five-star review and you love us and listen to us each and every day or watch us every day, go ahead and do the same. We appreciate you for that. Now, but T, this is For the Culture. Here's the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, what do we do? We won't talk about it. That's just how we get down on this show, though today is no different. Iman Shumpert. Tiana Taylor, you know, probably one of the the culture's most beloved uh, couple. Uh, they celebrating six years, and I think Amon Shumpert, like, he put guys on notice, man, to step your game up because this one was like I ain't gonna even lie to you. I probably may have got a little emotional when I started reading this. I was like, man, this is so dope and deep. And, you know, like, why haven't I done anything for this for my wife before? But anyway, I, no, I think it was really cool. Right, I know, yeah, I, I gotta get my life together. All right, so they celebrate six years, 
he posted on Instagram, of course. That's that's how we announced things. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. It was a picture of an old school white Corvette, which is super dope. And it was filled with roses. And the message in the, you know, I'm not gonna read the whole entire thing, but the gist of it was essentially about building something, you know, and, and how she's giving him a family, you know, and he said that's what he wanted back in the day and before he proposed and everything, and she's been able to give him that. She said he said he wanted to give her something that she can build and mold into, you know, what she liked. It's something that can be a mother blanking ride, like a some that everybody wants. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, you know, Tiana, you know, is was very appreciative of it. And and I think that, you know, hey, I won't be surprised if nine months from now another baby yeah. come popping out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I absolutely love them. They are adorable. They really, really are. And you can tell that it's just this mutual love, respect, admiration, appreciation. Right. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Because just as much as, you know, that was a very demonstrative display of affection, which is great. Yes, indeed, but yeah. when you hear her talk about him and some of the little things that he does, see, that's what makes this beautiful. Because if you're not doing the little things on a daily basis, then all this is, is like, I don't know, it's like a little stones throw or a little um, notch on the, check the box, throw it right, on the yeah. ice, get some mm -hmm. likes and keep it moving. But that's the icing on the cake for them. They do mm -hmm. it on a daily basis. Like they put in the work on a daily basis. And that's what I love about them and their commitment to each other, their commitment to their family and just kind of evolving. I just thought it was so cool. And, you know, all women love creativity. Yes. So if you can be creative with yours and listen, if you don't have the ability to go out and get a 79 Corvette and fill it with roses, that's cool. Go get yourself one rose and go rent a Corvette. Take her for a spin. How about that? Yeah. Do some See, things that are about. creative yeah, and good. that speak to something that she appreciates. Oh, my girl, Tanae, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm that person. I am totally that person. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love big things as well. So big things popping, it works for me. But I will tell you something as small as like, okay, if you know I like cookies, a certain kind of cookie, and mm -hmm. I look in the pantry, you know, to get whatever I'm getting, and I'm like, oh my God, there are cookies in the pantry? Like my favorite Biscoff cookies? What? Yes, yes. Those are very good uh, yeah. cookies, by the way. Yes, exactly. So it's it's little, right, little things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis that are, are leading to those big things being appreciated. So yeah, I, I just, I, love it. I definitely love it. I thought it was the coolest thing, but I love the fact that it's just the demonstrative of what goes on with them every day. That's how you, you get to six years and it's a happy six. Yeah. And I think and the other cool thing about them is the fact that, you know, that I was, you know, I was reading through the article, I was like, they were talking about their kids and they was like, oh, they have two kids, two children and they have two girls yeah. and two both girls. of them are one of them is six and one of them is two. I'm just like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, you know, because I have two daughters and my one of them right. is six and one of them is two. And I'm just like, this is absolutely crazy. So and I think that. You know, with with Shump and you know, be, kind of going into the acting thing, you know, with the yeah. shy and like who I, which I think he's done a really good job, and I think that really that probably yes. may be very close to how he is in in real life, which is probably mm -hmm. why he's done such a good job with that character and his role. So, mm -hmm. um, I, it, it's really cool to see, you know, uh, 
uh, Tiana and uh, Iman Shumper, uh, they're doing their thing and, and building a family and just really kind of transitioning into, you know, other parts of their careers. And, and it's just how both of them are going on that journey together. It's just a really cool yeah. thing to see. Um, mm -hmm. Another cool thing, T, is that Tyler Perry out here doing Tyler Perry things again. Because, you know, the Atlanta firefighters, with everything that's going on with them being 24-7, 365, they never close, right? You know, and they have running people in and out, and they use they use so much equipment and so many things that they have to kind of continue to keep, keep up, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes the city just doesn't cover those things. So yeah. they started um, this thing where you can sponsor um, a particular stations. And Tyler mm -hmm. Perry, here comes Tyler Perry stepping in, Station 5 in Southwest Atlanta, of which he's brought to a whole nother level when it comes to businesses and mm -hmm. everything just being in that area um he sponsored you know um the uh firefighter firefighter station in southwest atlanta station five and he's out here doing tyler perry things again yes it is absolutely amazing and i like when people like tyler perry go into spaces that maybe are underrepresented or undersupported, right? Because right, yes. obviously the first place most people will think of, and no offense, by the way, for those who do want to support the police force, right? But right. as quiet as it's kept, firefighters need love too. And they have a very difficult a job as yes. well. I was thinking about them this morning when I saw that article, because of course the Buckhead Saloon um, was burned down. And you think about mm. the, the stress of that, or, or you think about California and how right. those guys for years have been fighting those wildfires. Crazy fires. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And guess what? When you have a hurricane situation, that's another place and space where not only are police officers called to the rescue, but that's that's a place where firefighters are really needed. Indeed. You don't think of fire, right? It, when you think about hurricanes, but there are electrical fires, there there's flooding, and you're going to need those guys to help. So I was just excited that he found another space, just like he went to random Walmart down way down south in Atlanta and started paying right. off folks layaways. I, I just man. like when you find That's spaces great. to serve where maybe the rest of the world is not necessarily looking. So yeah, a shout out to him for going right into Southwest Atlanta and saying, hey, I'm going to serve and I'm going to support and I'm going to honor these guys that do a tough job that, like you said, the clock never, ever goes off. But hopefully the clock will go off on the regular season of the Braves because that magic number one will be it's, done, it's, whether it's, it's done tonight it. with Jake Odorizzi on the mound or whether it's done today because the Mets will crap the bed and one of those double headers gone and Mets. If you will, in the district, we appreciate that. We want to talk about a dub on this show tomorrow. So we'll talk about that. Any other thing that's going on in the world of sports here in Atlanta, you know we got you. And we want you to definitely have our backs, too. You know how you have our backs? Amazon, Fire, and Roku. Check out Locked On Sports Atlanta right there. And, of course, when you finish checking us out on those new platforms, let us know about it and check out A to Z with Mark Zeno as well. So appreciate you guys for stopping by and Braves country. We got you tomorrow. Have a good day. Y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.